Congratulations on a tremendous victory. Thank you, Commissioner. Hold it up high, hold it up high, Bob. Enjoy the moment. The fans of New England have been waiting 42 years for this day. And we are world champions. And I, the Kraft family is happy to be associated with coaches and team players who put team first as the way they came out of the tunnel tonight. And in a way, the fact that our players and coaches at this time in our country, when people are banding together in a, for a higher cause, can feel this special spirit of America, we're proud to be a symbol of that in a small way. Spirituality, spirituality, faith, and democracy are the cornerstones of our country. We are all patriots, and tonight the patriots are world champions. Welcome to the 101st edition of Entitled Town, and we're getting in the DeLorean, and we're going back to February 3rd, 2002, a little bit more than 20 years ago, when the New England Patriots, as 14-point underdogs, took on the St. Louis Rams. Tonight, the dynasty is born, baby. What can I say, Ricky Prohl? When you're right, you're right. But before we begin, as always, it's time for Four Down with Patrick Scartelli, Super Bowl 36 editions. Mr. Scartelli. The floor is yours. Thank you very much, Mr. Ironhead. Glad to be here on this, uh, I don't know what we'd call this, an iPod broadcast. I hope this feature can become a regular thing, but I'd also like the Patriots to make it to the Super Bowl regularly. But I don't see much chance of that happening either. So here we go. These are the four downs for Super Bowl 36. Down one, Coach Bill Belichick forced his Patriots to be introduced as a team. Don't tell me the players actually decided to do that any more than they are allowed to elect their own team captains. It's like Bill's trying to establish some kind of, I don't know, Patriots method or something. Did he not see the Rams players joyfully expressing themselves and basking in their individual introductions? Mike March. Now that's the coach who was able to get the best out of his players. You just watch. Mike is going to make the most of his chance and coach until he's 65. Ricky Prohl was right. The Rams will be the next dynasty. And speaking of, down two, to Bucky Jones and Terrence Shaw. That was some terrific coverage on the Prohl touchdown that tied the game, dum-dums. What, do you want some extra diamonds on your Super Bowl rings because you somehow didn't run into each other or actually get your ankles broken on that play? Neither of these players should ever see the turf of an NFL field again. Oh, and that fumble recovery to Bucky never happened. Down three, Willie McGinnis. A dumb fourth quarter penalty that erases a defensive touchdown is the sort of thing that a still unproven head coach like Belichick might want to set an example over. Even if the team eventually won by kicking a field goal. It would not surprise me if Bill exiled Willie to his old Cleveland stomping grounds next season as punishment. Down four, interim starting quarterback Tom Brady. 
One measly touchdown to your number three receiver, David Patton. Less than 150 total yards passing. That sort of production is not sustainable. Neither is expecting to win football games, counting on defensive scores and last-second field goal heroics. You don't win games by plinking and plunking the ball for short gains on outlet passes and screens. You win games by zipping the ball over and around the defense. And for that, you need a tall quarterback, one with a big arm, and a pedigree, or lacking that, one chosen number one overall. Let's just see what happens this summer down to Bryant College, where Drew Bledsoe will finally be given a fair chance to win his job back from this kid that infamously couldn't beat out another lesser Drew, Drew Henson. I think that over time we will learn that Tom Brady is no Kurt Warner. He's not even Trent Dilfer. Oh, and uh, Ken Walter gets a dishonorable mention for punting out of bounds, but I don't focus on special teams. That is all for now. Scartelli out. Plinking and plunking sounds like a viable strategy for the prices, right, caller? Not for <laughs> sustaining winning football games. We're going to be positive every day. You're the people being negative, even some of the fans. Larry Bird's not walking through that door, fans. Kevin McHale's not walking through that door, and Robert Parrish is not walking through that door. And if you expect them to walk through the door, they're going to be gray and old. And all this negativity that's in this town sucks. And I've been around, and, and, and when Jim Rice was booed, I've been around with your shrimp feed booed, and it stinks. It makes the greatest town, greatest city in the world lousy. This is Entitled Town. Previously mentioned, it's Entitled Town 101, but for our purposes, it's Entitled Town 36. Uh, we're going back to the day that it all started. Patriots 20. Rams 17, and despite Scartelli's protestations, Mike, on Route 1, that's, it is the game that started it all off. Uh, how about Tales from the Barracks? Where were you leading up to Super Bowl 36? How were you feeling going into the game? Uh, yeah, so I actually, um, this was the first weekend that we were allowed to leave post. I was in San Antonio. You weren't supposed to, <clears throat> supposed to leave, certainly the state, um, but uh, we decided to leave the state. And we went to the game on Saturday. We drove into to New Orleans on Saturday. I think it was like seven and a half hours at the speed we drove. Had no money, got tickets, um, lost a guy. I, I, I would, you know, with the hindsight of 20 years, I, I certainly would have drank less um, at the game. So I would remember more. I mean, I remember it, but it's just, it's too, too much of a blur. Um, didn't have a hotel. Um, it was total disaster. Drove back the next, uh, you know, and greatest day of my life. Um, drove back, made it back to the, to the base at like seven o'clock, um, on, uh, on Monday morning, um, and, uh, had, had a nine o'clock PT test. So, uh, that was, you know, that was, you know, was, did well there, but, um, yeah, it, it was the greatest, the greatest day of my life. Um, and, you know, thankfully my wife doesn't listen to this. So, uh, well, they say that, uh, no plan survives contact with the enemy. So because you had no plan, it all worked out. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. Yes. And, uh, yeah, it was it was the day that uh, it felt like you know, uh, you know I hadn't seen a, a title um, in my certainly in my four you know eighty six and what, eight years old that didn't mean it was great and I you know I thought I was happy but um, this was the day it changed and it was it feels like a different time um, and watching the game back you know it does it feels like it was a different time and it was and it was a different league but um, it was uh, it was the best and who who would have who would have believed it. You know, it's you go back. You made the point about the Celtics winning the title in June of '86. 
think about what happened between 15 years is a long time. It's been 20 years since the game as we record this, but in the 15 years between Boston championships, Len Bias dies, Buckner at Shea Stadium, Glenn Wesley misses the open net in game one of the Stanley Cup final. Roberto Kelly hits a home run off of Jeff Reardon when the Red Sox are making a run against the Blue Jays late in 91. Reggie Lewis dies. Tony Pena's homer against the Red Sox in game one of the ALDS in 95. And uh, losing to the Yankees in the 99 ALCS, including that horrific call by Tim Sheeta and his buddy Nobby missing the tag on Jose Offerman. It was a, it was a really shit run there leading up to it. And then, as we said, everything changed. And, you know, this happened the entire season before I throw it to you, John, but this was kind of a seminal moment. The nation was actually rooting for the Patriots in this game, if you, if you remember back, obviously right after 9-11. And this, is, this, this was a kind of a seminal moment in the national broadcast. And now, ladies and gentlemen, choosing to be the team, here are the American Football Conference champions, the New England Patriots. That was a great moment. John, unfortunately... Mike on Route 1 had the stones that we didn't. We discussed uh, maybe going to New Orleans for the game. If you remember, after 9-11, travel costs were really low. People were a little bit nervous to go in large gatherings. Then we didn't have the stones to do it. But how were you feeling leading up to that game? You would really, you were living in, in Oregon at the time, and you hadn't had much exposure to the team until the playoffs came. So how were you feeling leading up to 36? I mean, they were a 14-point dog. The, the, you know, the, the great Ron Borges predicted, what was yes. the score, Mike? 73 to nothing. 73 to nothing. Um, so there wasn't a lot of national sentiment on the, the Patriots, you know, winning that game. But, you know, it, we've watched enough football, even, even before this magnificent run, you know, the proverbial, that's why they play the game. You know, the Patriots were playing really good football. They had knocked off two teams that were favored to beat them already. And the, you know, anything felt possible with these guys. It, it, that's that's kind of how I was feeling. I was still pretty removed from it uh, the day to day, as, as you said. But it, it, it was just, there was, a, and you're right, there was the, that plucky underdog. Um, the Rams were the defending champs. A dynasty was about to be crowned. And um, there was something about that, that year, that moment in time. If you didn't live it, uh, you weren't around for it. It's hard to really explain it, but you know. Do you think with, it's like '67 for Dad with the Red Sox? Yeah, yeah, it probably is. I mean, the way the the way they remember that generation remembers their favorite teams uh, of those eras. You know, it's it's you know, and it's the way we talk about the '86 Red Sox. It's the way we talk about the '85 Patriots. Um, this team just happened to get it done at the end. You know, there's a lot of magnificent you know, Cinderella stories. I mean, 20 years, people in Cincinnati will be talking about this Bengals team, the way we talk about the 85 Patriots. That's true. You know, they, they were a great team. They had this great run, this magical run. They just couldn't get it done. Uh, but, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't really ruin the experience, you know. But, but I'll tell you, it is nice when your team wins that last game. And it was really nice that they won this game. I hate to do the Dave Brown Memorial well, actually, there, but it was the Rams' second Super Bowl in three years. They had beaten... Oh, uh, the right. Titans and the epic Super Bowl in 99. Scartelli, you and I are the only one of the, the four of us. Uh, Dan is not here today. Uh, he subscribed to Tony Soprano's line that remember when is the lowest form of, of conversation. So he's bowing out. Scartelli, you and I were living in New England. What do you remember leading up to that game? This is Remember, this is a time there's no Michael Felcher. 
There's no Tony Maserati. There's no Madam Jones and his massive biceps to drive home the negativity. It was jambalaya, machete. It was, it was really, it was, it was, you know, it really was unicorns and, and ponies and God, I'm kind of quoting Scott Zollick there. Scott, Scott, what do you remember about the lead up to 36? Well, the lead up was great, but then again, the lead up to, uh, the lead up to the Bears Super Bowl was perhaps in some ways even better. And every team that finds themselves in the Super Bowl believes that they've got a, you know, puncher's chance of winning. But this, this felt different. This felt different. The, the snowball game, I think really, uh, really changed people's uh, opinions of whether this was going to be a, just happy to be here, punching your ticket, fluke sort of uh, championship game to something something different. That uh, there was something special about this Tom Brady kid, and it looked like Belichick knew how to get the most out of uh, out of what out of the cards that he was dealt. Agreed. It it really felt like it, the term uh, the phrase "team of destiny" is certainly overused in sports, but I, that's how I felt leading up to that game. Is um, you know. Nowadays, if that game, if that team happened now with the media environment we have, the word unsustainability would have been the phrase that pays in that week's sports junk draw on AOL Scartelli. That's exactly it what it been. would have been. But uh, from the from the from the audio clip that you just played, that was that caused you know people all throughout New England to sit up and take notice. The you know after after the Rams players prance out like every other uh, team did previous. Correct. And then they show up and choosing to be introduced as a team. People, you know, people will say that, you know, this is made up, but people thought, oh my God, they're going to win this game or, you know, perhaps even more realistic, you know, oh my God, they've got a shot to win this game. Yeah, Seeing, the, seeing that they had their, you know, their, their, you know, helmets on straight. That's true. The dichotomy between the Rams, uh, you know, coming out one by one, I, I, me, me as opposed to the Patriots, we, we coming out as a team. Now, those of us who, you know, are sickos and we watch all the NFL film stuff, you know, going uh, that 2001 coming out as a team actually originated in week one at Cincinnati, where they, they were playing at Cincinnati in the Cincinnati PA announcer, uh, just started reading off the names before the Patriots were in the tunnel. And the players kind of decided impromptu right there said, well, they're not going to wait for us. We're just going to run out in the field as a team. And even though they lost that game, they did that for each and every game that year. So the Patriots are 14-point underdogs against the St. Louis Rams. Here are the Rams starters in that game. that are, They're just in the Hall of Fame. Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk, Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt, Orlando Pace, Aeneas Williams, the cornerbacks. There's a number of Hall of Famers um, on the Rams, and the Rams were the most celebrated team in sport at that time, with the possible exception of the Yankees. The Patriots, of course, have Brady's going in the Hall of Fame. Ty Laws in the Hall of Fame. Richard Seymour, shout out to Richard Seymour's going in the Hall of Fame. And the Patriots has had solid players on every level of that goddamn defense. Um, so the Rams, the Rams win the toss. And a different day back then, they actually choose, they don't defer, and they get the opening kickoff. And they don't really do much with it. They get out to midfield, and they pin the Patriots back. Rams punter John Baker pins the Patriots back on their own three, Mike on Route 1. Uh, what were you feeling sitting in the Superdome with their backed up in the shadows of their own goalpost 
first and 10 with a, uh, a first year starter under setter coming, coming into the game with a bum ankle. Well, I, I will say this. I, my, my confidence level, um, when I found out the score, I, I, I just saw, I kind of saw the score of the Sunday night football game um, briefly on a TV. And uh, I bet, I basically, I essentially bet the field. I bet a, a, a paycheck that, um, that the Patriots would win the Super Bowl. So basically, I bet this guy from uh, who's actually from St. Louis. I bet the field the Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl. He never paid me, um, so he owes me money if I ever see him. Um, but uh, maybe, maybe he got it over. Maybe he got it over in Iraq, and I just don't know know yet. But uh, no, I I I, I thought that, so. I, I was I, I thought they were going to win. I was I've never been sure of anything in my life, and you know I thought they were going to win every game since. So uh, take that for what you will. Right. But I was I was very confident they're going to win that game. Um, and, you know, I, I was nervous about Brady's ankle. I remember being nervous about Brady's ankle and um, you know, if, if they had enough to, to keep up, if it got into it to being a track meet. Um, but, you know, it was early on, it was like, okay, you get through a couple of series and you're like, this is, this is all right. And they can, they can, they can run with these guys. I was nervous simply because number 11, had suited up for that game. Christ almighty. We'll get, we'll get to Drew later and his influence. Mopey. Uh, Mopey Mopey Drew. That's it, Tom. You are the man. Yeah. Big play. The the Patriots are first and 10 at their own, at their own three yard line. I think everybody felt a little better after this. Brady drops back to throw. Looks, fires left. Troy Brown across the 10. 15. Up to the 20. Up to the 24. And a first big, big. So that's a big play right there. The Patriots are out of the shadow of their own goalpost. Everybody can breathe a little bit easier. Uh, John, what are your, do you remember what you were thinking early in the game? It was like, I, we talked, I went, the last game I attended at the old stadium was the Sunday night game, Mike, that you had referenced. And no one left the stadium that night thinking that the Patriots couldn't hang with that team. Mike Martz famously told his players after the game, says, we'll see them, see them again. But, you know, you're a little bit nervous. It's the first Super Bowl they're playing in, in well, in five years. Six, yeah, five years, I guess, since the Packers game. But it, for the most part, a completely different team. Uh, you're feeling after after the first series uh, of the game. Again, you and I, we're old-fashioned football fans. And field position is a big deal. And just the fact that they – I remember that drive. They, the fact that they got out to about midfield and kind of flipped the field back, um, you know, that, that mattered. That stuff mattered, and and I can't help but juxtapose the the Super Bowl this year and Zach Taylor going for it, and you called me before I could call you um, on that decision where he decided to go for it in the first half. First series didn't of the get game, it, right? And didn't get it. Gave the Rams a short field, and the Rams were able to kind of go down and get their first touchdown of the game. I mean, that that sort of like that that rhythm and feel of a football game, you know, do you chase that rhythm or do you let that kind of rhythm come to you? And this game, I think was a great example of the, the, you know, Belichick's patience. And, and we've come to value that so much, you know, Mike on route one said that nope. same way. I mean, this, this was the game. This was the, that little stretch where I expected them to beat the giants in both super bowls. I expected them to beat the Eagles. I expected them to beat the Rams, uh, the Ra- excuse me, the Ravens when they lost to the Ravens. In the playoffs, I certainly expect them to beat the Jets when they lost to the Jets in the playoffs. I always expect these guys to win. And I think yep. it was because of the, the, the patience and just the, the brilliance of, of the way the Patriots and the coaching staff managed this game. And it, it started really with that first drive. 
Agreed. And the, the thing that I remember most, and this is, again, this is pre-Bill Polian crying and having the rules changed after the 2003 season. The Patriots beat the living shit out of the Rams mm-hmm. receivers in that game. It was very apparent early in that game. I remember vividly, and everyone's seen it on the recap video, Scartelli, Torrey Holt going down the left sideline, going for a pass. And Tabucky Jones just absurd, what's the word, monster throttling him out of bounds. <laughs> The Patriots yeah, are throwing yeah. down Otis Smith, throwing down Isaac Bruce in the middle yeah. of the field, just absolutely beating the hell out of them. And Kurt Warner took a beating in that game as well. Scott mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. again, a different era of football, but it was, it's, it's how you win games like that against, you know, we, uh, we physical, they finesse and the Patriots absolutely beat the hell out of the Rams in that game. Oh, they imposed their will on them is what they did through, through physicality. And that's, that was part of the game back then that was allowed. Yeah, it was intimidation and, was was clear. Go ahead, I stepped on you. Oh no, no, that's uh, that that's all I was going with that because it was uh, like you say, like you say, the uh, Marshall Falk escaped from that uh, crybaby Colts franchise to get to to get to the Rams. So you know, good for him for doing that. But uh, but my my goodness, it was uh, it was a it was a better time, I think, when there was a little more a little more physicality allowed. No, agreed. As John said, the field position mattered, physicality mattered. Football is a game of attrition and intimidation, and it was certainly a little bit more then. So the Patriots get to midfield, they punt. The Rams get the ball at their own eight. They go and get a long field goal from Jeff Wilkins. The Patriots get the ball back um, for their second series, and they sputter a little bit. Um, they get one for excuse me. They go three and out. And you start to get a little queasy. They punt the ball back to the uh, to the Rams. They play patty cake back and forth for a couple of series. So they go back and forth for a couple of series, unremarkably. The Patriots uh, sustaining against the St. Louis Rams. And then arguably, the biggest play in the history of the franchise happens uh, with just under nine minutes to go in the second quarter. And in motion to the near side right comes Bruce. And Warner goes back to throw. And here's the pledge by Mike Rabel. The pass is intercepted. By Ty Law, 30, 25, 20, 15, touchdown, touchdown! Ty Law picks it up and takes it to the house, and the Patriots take the lead with 49 to go in the first half. The great Gil Santos on WBCN, the Patriots Rock Radio Network. It was thrilling for me to see you guys, the smiles come on your faces and the nods in hearing that calls. Uh, we'll go over some of the great calls in Super Bowl history again, but... Uh, I think everybody at that point, it was the first time in that game where we're doing the Thomas Hill from the Duke, Kentucky, 1992, hands in the back head. Like, I can't believe what the hell I'm seeing. Um, what was it? What was the environment like in the Superdome, Mike? Was it as pro Patriots as it seemed on the television? In my head, it reminds me, I think in my, it feels like it was the loudest I've ever heard a stadium at that moment. And wow. I, you know, I've been to a couple, I've been to a few games at dome in domes and maybe that's part of it. Um, it was the only time I've ever been to the Superdome and that was as loud when that interception happened I, I couldn't, I was, it was like, you were having a heart attack. It was coming toward me. Um, I was in that, that end zone. Um, so I saw all the, all the good plays in the game were coming that direction. Um, that's so right. uh, it was just like, it, that was just such a heart attack. And I thought, yeah, yeah, it was it was loud and it was just can you believe it? And like you say, yeah, it was it was the ta- the first of many Thomas Hill um, moments that night, and it was and you just and I remember seeing his hand go up, and you're like, it was like holy shit, 
they're going to do this. That there is, it's, it's not just me thinking that they're going to win because I thought the Red Sox were going to win too, you know, in 99. Um, so yeah, it was, it was actually going to happen. The only podcast knew we're going to get a timely Tim Sheeta reference as well as a, a, a Thomas Hill reference as well. John, John, um, were the people you were with in Oregon, were they rooting for the Patriots and were they cheering when law ran that back? Everybody except one guy. Um, and it's like, you know, we're joking about this game. It's like, it, it feels like yesterday. I can still picture it. This one asshole um, who had no affiliation with the Rams, I think was just, the, he was like the kind of the Burt Breer guy who's buying the starter jacket for the best team, right? <laughs> so he had that kind of vibe going. And uh, yeah, he was, he was a little bit mouthy uh, early on and that play shut him up and that play got me fired up, right? Cause I'm sitting there and I'm, you know, I, I I mean, I just watched the game and I'm kind of tense and I'm excited, but I'm, I'm kind of tense. I didn't maybe have the confidence that Mike on route one had at that point, but that play was the play. And I just, you know, we've talked about this in the past. I'm a huge believer in momentum in the context of a, of a, any sort of competition. Momentum is a real thing. You can't quantify it. It really happens. And that play to me, it, it I think it really is. If you had to pick a single play for this franchise, it, that's the moment. How could you not be stunned if you're a Ram after that play, Scartelli, right? I mean, that's, you know, Simmons famously wrote in his, his droning on article after the game that it, but it actually is apropos. It is the Russian is cut moment. And the Rams were stunned. The Rams had taken a, a blow to the head and they, they saw their own blood. And it was kind of the beginning of, of it, was, it boosted the Patriots and it took down the Rams. Do you remember where you were watching that game, Scartzi? Oh, sure. Absolutely. I was in my, um, you know, where, renting a, uh, you know, apartment in uh, South Hadley, Massachusetts, out in mortgage-free uh, Western Massachusetts. <laughs> and we, we were upstairs, you know, at the, uh, with the uh, landlady and, uh, and their family, and we were all watching it. And it was, uh, I was, uh, I was remarkably cool, you know, after the uh, Rams had scored that first field goal, because I had remembered going back to the Bears uh, Super Bowl. The Patriots actually scored first in that game. So the Scoring first is, you know, a bit irrelevant and things like that. Having uh, seen, uh, having seen what happened in that uh, initial Super Bowl appearance, so it wasn't that bad thing. But that was, you know, everyone jumped up and screamed and yelled because because they were they were in the lead in the Super Bowl. This, you know, in, in the second quarter. Wow, this is whatever happens. This is going to be great. Uh, the first lead since uh, I could be mistaken. I think they had the lead 14 to 13 on the Packers in Super Bowl 31, but most famously the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history at that time, Patriots three bears, nothing first quarter of Super Bowl 20. So th the Rams have to be affected after that. They stumble through their next, the next couple of drives. I mean, again, the Russian is cut. The Rams get the ball back. They punt the Patriots, get the ball back. They put together a little drive. Uh, and then the Rams get the ball back again. And, um, this happens. Here's Warner and the Rams stepping on their dicks for a second time in the game. First and ten, fires over the middle, it is caught, and Ricky Prolin drop, and the Patriots recover it. Back at the 45, it is picked up in midfield. Heading to the right is Terrell Buckley, down to the 40-yard line of the Rams, 39. Prolin fumbled the ball after he was hit. Terrell Buckley had a fantastic postseason for the Patriots in, uh, in 2001, in the 2000, uh, 2001 postseason, John, um, you know, again, a huge turning moment in the game. And I think one thing that, that can't be underestimated Warner's a hall of fame quarterback. He gave the Patriots a lot of opportunities in that game to take the ball away. And they took the ball away a lot in that game. 
Well, it's it's the you know the Belichick philosophy there. Like you said, we were we were talking about the the physicality and the the kind of the beating the Rams receivers took. I mean, Torrey Holt's longest catch was 18 yards. Isaac Bruce's longest catch was 22 yards. Ricky Pearl had a 30 yarder. Marshall Fox's longest touch was 18 yards. I mean, they they weren't getting behind the Patriots safeties. They were catching balls in front of them and they were getting punished. And the Pearl fumble is, I mean, that's you you plan for that you know you keep hitting these guys over the middle and and you know you're physical with them and and those sorts of plays happen balls get deflected balls get popped out I mean that was the strategy for the team and they executed it and and they were able to capitalize on those mistakes I mean that's the key right they capitalized on that cold mistake could you feel the momentum in the building Mike in the building is that the sense inside the building (laughs) there was momentum Um, I, I don't really remember. I don't really remember that part. You know, I do, I do remember that the way they they kept hitting and they kept hitting Falk too, right? That, that was the key to the game. I think at that point it was hit him every time he, he tries to release, um, every time he tries to release out of the backfield, hit him. You just remember hitting him, hitting him over and over again. That was kind of the thing that, that you, that you, I think you could see where, where it was going. And it was like, and, you know, they can't probably nowadays we wouldn't see certainly the stuff in the secondary, but like we talked about earlier, but yeah, that it was kind of where it was going. It was just um, slowing him down and, and disrupting it and making Warner take the ball down and, and, and kind of go off his next, go to his next look, you know, go to his next pro- progression. Teddy Bruschi famously said after the game in an interview when he was asked what the, what the Patriots strategy for that game was hit him when they have the ball and hit him when they don't. So the Patriots get the, the ball back after the Ricky, uh, the Pearl fumble, the Buckley return, a clutch third and six, the first of many in a career full of clutch plays from Kevin Falk on third and six. Getting the greatest, the greatest left. block in Patriots history. The Thrown greatest by block in Grant Williams. Grant Williams, who <laughs> subbed in for Matt Life, who yep. was, uh, the, you know, Matt Light, another nice call board. Just, uh, Grant Williams th- takes out. Wasn't going to help Rams. anytime soon. That, that's right. Grant Williams channels his inner John Hanner against the Raiders in the AFC divisional game. He takes out two rims. Fox tarries the ball for a crucial first down. The Patriots are first and goal uh, with, with less than 45 seconds to go in the half. Uh, they're up seven to three with a chance to get more. And we all know what happened then. Uh, Charlie Weiss, take it away. Right thing. to the far side right Brady first and goal St. Louis eight yard line Brady drops back to throw looks fires right the great Gil Santos uh the the whoop remember the uh of Wayback Machine the whooping it up by the, uh, the production assistants in the WBCN <laughs> booth behind Gil and Gino. Uh, Patton, the, the late, great David Patton, uh, a super sky pointer to, to quote the super 70s account, the late, great David Patton with the touchdown pass. Scartelli, they kick the extra point. The Patriots go up 14 to three. And the Rams panic. There's 36 seconds to go in the first half. Buffalo Bills fans know all too well. There's plenty of time when there's 36 seconds left to go in the first half. They put Marshall Falk back to return the kick and Vinatieri kicks the ball towards the right pylon. It looks like it's going to go out of bounds. Falk catches the ball in a full run as an inexperienced kick return. And instead of letting the ball go out of bounds and the Rams get the ball close to midfield, I believe it was the 40 yard line. Then it was the 35 or the 40 yard line. Then Falk catches the ball, goes out of bounds inside his own five. The Rams have to take a knee going into halftime. 
And Scartell, you got to be feeling pretty good going in, going into halftime. Um, uh, I think the halftime show might be something that we, we remember that game, but you know, you're feeling good uh, going oh, into halftime. Yeah. Oh yeah. Confidence was high at that point. This was, this was, we were in, you know, terra incognita. This was not something that we were familiar with <laughs> going, going, oh, okay, we're, we're, we're ahead. It's the Super Bowl. Now what? I guess we'll just watch the halftime show and, you know, and then, you know, come on out and receive the uh, second half kickoff and try and score some points there, I guess, you know, and try and score more points than the other team. I think that's what we're going to have to try and do. That's true. Uh, Mike, uh, you can, two at halftime. What do you remember? Well, can I, can I say one Go more ahead, thing? Yeah. Uh, regarding the patent touchdown, the, and this is probably directly uh, at um, uh, Jerry, the Jerry Thornton's of the world. Cause I've seen, I think I've seen him say this before the uh the because david Patton caught the ball in the same area of the end zone two weeks in a row uh two games in a row does not mean that it was the same play and as we heard charlie weiss say f right fade 50 quick out goes east slant right not the same and that was you know a, a, an outgo that they changed because what mcleon i think was was dexter mcleon was yes, it was. On the goal line. yes it was yeah. so um that was you know that play and the, the it was a corner route that Patton ran in pittsburgh out of like trips motion i think like so uh, I, I hate that and it bothers me and it, it probably shouldn't but <laughs> the great the greatest the greatest super bowl halftime show given you know maybe there have been be there certainly have been better i think performers and and you know eminem dr dre and snoop dogg are, are not among them i feel like jerry callahan now <laughs> but given the context of, of everything that was going on uh in the world and that performance with um you know with the scrolling names behind uh and you know he, MLK into and then you hear the edge hit the starts of uh, the start of streets and it was uh it was on and that was yeah that was that was emotional and that was awesome and I yeah it, it'll never get any better than that I don't think it'll get any better than that as for as far as given everything um that was that was pretty awesome and that was that that's the best Super Bowl halftime that there will ever be and it was it, it kind of it kind of got you um you know, it was very, very emotional. And I think it will, I'll remember that one forever, for sure. Here, Mike, here's Brady in his own words discussing that play. So uh, you're right, Jerry Thornton, wrong. Play was initially called F right 50 out Z slant. Well, the cornerback on the right, Dexter McCleon, he wasn't gonna let an out get thrown on him. And he always kind of really squatted at the goal line. If you run a 10 yard out, he's gonna be squatting right on the route. So Belichick came, Charlie said, we don't want to run the out. No, we want to run the out go. They ran the out go, John. The Patriots are up 14 to three. You two at halftime. Uh, you're feeling confident at halftime. Maybe, maybe tipping back a couple as well. <laughs> I remember I didn't drink much. And, I, you know, me, I don't drink a lot during Patriots games because I like to enjoy like the plays, right? So, um, no, I was, I was actually stone cold sober throughout this game. And it's, it, it was, I mean, and U2 was, was remarkable. I love U2. I mean, it, it couldn't have set up better for the Patriots. I mean, U2's, I mean, they, they made their bones in America in Boston, right? I mean, and, you know, back in the old days, in the early 80s and whatnot, they were playing three shows in Boston when, before they were playing one show in a lot of Paradise, places. right? Yeah. 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 I mean, so, you know, here you go, right? I mean, the crowd, it couldn't have been more partisan for U2. Um, than if you had picked Snoop Dogg to do a, you know, a Super Bowl show in LA, right? I mean, it's, you know, very, very synonymous in that respect. Back to baseball. <laughs>
It really does scare Telly. Uh, so the Patriots and Rams trade punts uh, in the third quarter of that game. And Warner for a third time in that game, uh, or should I say the Rams for the third time of the game and Warner in the second time of the game makes yet another mistake that will lead to points for New England. All right, third down and five, St. Louis. Back to throw is Warner. Fires it in there. Otis Smith, I mean, truly a two-term Patriot and a fantastic compliment to Ty Law. I mean, what a great secondary that team had, Scartelli. Law and Smith at the corners and Jones, the bruising duo in the secondary of Jones and Malloy. Um, I mean, just a, a great a great game plan, terrific execution. The physicalness or physicality isn't a word, but I'll go ahead and use it anyway. Uh, what a great secondary. What a, what a really great under-the-radar uh, longtime Patriot Otis Smith was. Do you agree? Otis, my man Smith. There's so <laughs> there's so <laughs> many there's so many great guys. I'm 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 smiling like I've been you know hit with nitrous oxide this entire podcast. <laughs> just 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 you know strolling down memory lane here with these with these familiar names from the past. It is just so great. Just like um just to see. Just to see, everyone was everyone played their part. It was it was a, a Swiss watch of a, of a team. Every everything yeah. was working together, and that's that's Patriots football. It was nutshell. a absolutely, it was, John. It was a complimentary football masterpiece. Well, what did you have to say? Yeah, complimentary. Exactly, kind of what I wanted to touch on before we get past it. Two plays that happened in the third quarter by the Patriots. Um, would have been picked apart you know we'd still be picking them apart 20 years later on twitter if twitter existed and the patriots didn't win the game the the ken walter punts the ball 27 yards on a fourth and six from the rams 43 yeah and then the next possession ken walter punts the ball 36 yards into the end zone on a fourth and four from the rams 36 okay now today the bright minds at NBC sports take Boston would be calling Belichick coach coward, right. <laughs> for those decisions, but it, he stayed patient to his plan. He was not going to give the Rams a short field at all at any cost. Right. And he was going to, you know, they were going to hit the Rams. <laughs> they, they were going to hit the Rams up and down the field, force mistakes. And, and, you know, and he was going to let the game come to come to him. And like, I just can't get over the way Belichick coached this game and won it as a 14 point dog. And then what you saw from Zach Taylor at this year's Super Bowl, right? Like, I just can't like, and you're going to tell me that based on analytics, that the Zach Taylors and the Brendan Staley's of the world have got it over on the guys like Belichick. I mean, get the hell out of here. Amen. You know, in the Patriots. So the, the final stats for that game, Mike on route one, the Rams had 427 yards of total offense. The Patriots had just 267 Going into the last drive, the Patriots had 208 yards of total offense for the game. So they were getting out gained more than two to one. But the big, the big number, three turnovers. I mean, it was it was a complimentary football masterpiece. Say complimentary football masterpiece more, by the way. But I mean, they they it was all three phases of the game. Uh they outplayed the Rams. And you, I mean, that's again, it was a simpler time, Danny, before uh Bill Pulling fucked things up for everybody. Yeah, one one of the things I think um that it, kind of annoys me about the the hindsight of this game is the idea that Mike Martz blew it um, as far as 
you know, not getting Falkmore touches. I guess he what had 17 carries for 76 yards, four and a half yards of carry, mm-hmm. 54 yards, uh, four touches out of the backfield. Well, the Patriots took him out of it. Uh, what, what was he supposed to do? You know, he they're throwing for eight plus yards per attempt. Um, you know, he's supposed to sit there and pound the ball. It comes out of taking care of the ball. I, if they, like you said, they have 400 plus yards of, of offense. They played pretty darn well offensively. They just didn't take care of the ball. That's that's the difference. You know, I don't think March stepped on his dick. The Patriots had a great game plan. Yes. Uh, they're on scholarship. Uh, the Rams played, you know, we're up against a great all-time defense with Hall of Famers, regardless of, you know, what the the def- what, what the, uh, the the Peter Kings of the world say, Amen. with Hall of Famers all around that defense. And it was damn good. And they put up a ton of yards. So, uh, you know, the idea that Mart choked, I, I, I don't buy that. I think they play great. And I think the, the players turn the ball over. That, that happens. I mean, I don't it, think it just happens. It wasn't the malfeasance the Patriots showed in Super Bowl 31, letting Curtis Martin touch the ball 13 times while Bledsoe went uh, for more than three times that with pass attempts. So the Patriots get a field goal uh, to go ahead 17 to three. The end of the third quarter comes. And I remember the guys uh, I was with uh, starting to look at each other, go, holy shit, the Patriots are 15 minutes away. The goddamn Patriots are 15 minutes away from winning the Super Bowl. It was, I mean, everybody felt good about their chances. Uh, I guess I'm speaking for myself. I felt really good about their chances going into that game. But with a 14-point lead with 15 minutes to go, a reality starts to set in. It, It really is. It's that. It's that holy shit moment. So you just you're looking at the clock as the fourth quarter comes. Uh, just please let that time drip away. Please let that time drip away. And the Patriots actually, the Rams had the ball for a little bit more time than the Patriots overall during the game. But it felt like the Rams had the ball the entire second half. And to the Rams' credit, they started to figure things out and they wore down the Patriots' defense a little bit. And uh, there was a you guys will well remember the Rams take the ball. They go down the field. It's 17 to three and the Patriots force a fourth and goal at their own one. And, uh, you know, I don't want to play it. I felt I owed it to you, but it's fourth and goal for the Rams with the Patriots leading 17 to three. And the Rams have to have it here. Fourth down and goal to go at the Patriot three, and they are going to go for it. Warner back to throw, looking left, now being chased, now rolling to the right, he's got a wide open alley, he's trying to run for a touchdown, and he is down and fumble the ball, and it's picked up by the Patriots, 25-30, 35-40, 45 midfield, it is Bucky Jones, he's going to go all the way, to Bucky Jones, will score for New England. But we all know what happened next, holding 55 offense, uh, I will go to my grave saying that the, uh, the, the biggest swing in emotion in the history of American sports is when Russell Wilson threw the interception to Malcolm Butler in Super Bowl 49. I mean, for me, that moment, the, the dread that you started feeling after that, after that play, and then the Rams score and a quarterback sneak on second down. By the way, Law actually dropped an interception. Uh, two plays before that in the end zone that, that w- would have effectively clinched the game at that point. Mike, what was the, uh, again, going back to Brewer, what was the feeling inside the building at that point? Did the words Bill Buckner actually cross your mind? Well, first off, I, I got chills listening to that call because it's amazing. And and yep. I don't have any negative feelings about that play because I thought I was, it's just, I would, I was like red Fox, you know, topical. Um, <laughs> uh, gra- going to meet I you, actually- Elizabeth. 
as close as close to as I've ever thought that I was having a heart attack watching a sporting event was what seeing Tabaki run toward the end zone. I thought uh, this is it. The Patriots are winning the Super Bowl, and it, I, yeah, that's as excited as I've ever been. And I thought I was I was going to die, and it was amazing. <laughs> it was like it was like you understand why why guys like beat off with a belt around their neck um, to 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 reach that kind of point. It was just like man, and um, you know w- one other note on on that play. Um, one of the great old board arguments, uh, the legendary Patrick Pass, I believe, was in an argument one time <laughs> with someone else, arguing that that, that McGinnis that was a, a very close. It was a close judgment call by the official. On the McGinnis bear hug, which is is, is is a peak old board argument. So very great. But well, the, the, yeah, it was like, yeah, at that point, you're like, okay, is this going to be like the uh, the other times? Is this it? Yeah, I, I think it did kind of creep in at that point. Like this is, you know, it's going to go like the, the last, the rest of the previous uh, 15 years. Yeah. By the way, I think the BSMW style book calls for the, uh, the belt around the neck while pleasuring himself. It's called the Michael Hutchins gimp contraption for the record. <laughs> Yes, uh, right. Scar- Scartelli, uh, a real kick in the balls, wasn't it? Oh, the dagger had been, you know, the dagger had been given out and then, and then all of a sudden it's taken back. The Rams have a pulse again and it's, it's, uh, it, it, it's pucker time is what it comes down to. Everything, everything starts tightening up. Everything starts tightening up and it's, uh, oh no, they, they can't do this to us again. We've, we've been so good. We've, we've, you know, we've, we've brushed our teeth and we've said our prayers and no, 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 please, please, please. We just, we just need to, you know, hang on for a few more minutes. The clock is still our friend. If we can, yeah. And, and, you know, apologies for the wheeze here. I, 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 I had surprisingly little to do with this victory at the time so so i'm going to try you know try and switch the uh switch the things but uh all all the patriots have to do is you know maybe send it down you know send it down the field and you know kick another field goal and you know hang on you know for the win that'd be nice wouldn't that be a nice way to win the game so we'll see what happens well thank you california bill my name is cousin sal this has been uh, anyway um (laughs) an email from uh from our friend snoopy he wants. He wanted me to point out. He's very adamant about this. He goes, "There's no penalty there. The Patriots take that back. The greatest show on turf gets skunked by at least three touchdowns in that game because there's nine and a half minutes to go in the game. They're down 21 points, and it's it's pin your ears back. The Patriots' pass rush throughout that game was absolutely fantastic. Oh, it would be uh, desperation time for them. They'd be they'd be heaving it up like uh, like the uh, you know like a certain uh, you know statute of limitations." <laughs> Don't bait me, Scartelli. Don't bait me. <laughs> oh, I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> we've got, to, we've got the disguised blitz. <laughs> John, what, what do you remember about that? That the the Jones fumble return for a touchdown that was called back. Oh, I, I think I cleared the room uh, on that, both good and bad. I mean, it was kind of you know that euphoric. Oh my God, what a play! They're going to win this game. I can't believe what I'm I like. You know, Al Michaels parlance, you know, I do you believe in miracles sort of vibe like, because yeah, like I said, I didn't, I thought it was possible they'd win but I, you know, I'm watching it unfold and, and win convincingly, you know, to, to Snoopy's, you know, point. Yeah, they, they win this game, they blow the doors off the Rams. I mean, Kurt Warner gets, you know, get him a body bag. Yeah, you know, I mean, they, they were, they were already hitting them. And the fact that 
they would have had their ears pinned back. I mean, it just, it would have gotten, it could have gotten really ugly. So I felt, I felt violated. I mean, yeah, it was, it was probably defensive holding. I mean, it probably was, you know, with the benefit of, the, the, the benefit of hindsight, but I, I felt, I felt like, you know, I got my absolute dick kicked in on that play. It, and, you know, cause I'm, I'm, I'm cheering it up. And then, and then, yeah, it's like the, the, I mean, what it was like to be a Boston sports fan at that moment in time, Mike, you took us through the, the litany of pain, you know, um, didn't want to do it. Felt I owed it to you. Yeah. I mean, the, the litany of pain starts kind of coming back into your brain here and you're like, Oh no, 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 no. You know, they, you know, I hate to tell, like, I never told my son, like, you don't deserve anything. You got to go work for everything. Right. You don't deserve, not deserve, but I'm like, Oh, they deserve to win this game. Like, please do not lose this game. You guys have earned this game, but you know, Hey, there was still, there was still a lot of time to play. There was, there actually was a lot of time to play. So it's 17 to 10 Rams. There's 933 left to go in the game and an eternity at that point. So what felt like was a, is a pretty good deal. I, if there was live betting there, I have to wonder if the Rams were slight favorites to win the game at that point. So the Patriots get the ball back and uh, they go, th- they promptly go three and out. So the Patriots took all of uh, one minute and six seconds off the clock. The Rams get the ball back with 744 to go. And the Patriots man up. The Patriots gas defense mans up. Um, Willie McGinnis detones for his error to some point. He has a huge sack on second down, setting up a third and 25. Um, Warner tries to hit Torrey Holt for a first down. Otis Smith knocks the pass away. And the Rams punt the ball back to the Patriots. There's three minutes and 44 seconds left when Brady gets under center. Uh, Antoine Smith lost two yards uh, running over right guard. Brady then hit a screen pass to Smith for four yards. Antoine Smith had a terrific Super Bowl, 18 carries for 92 yards. A, a terrific back, one of my favorites. Uh, then the Patriots have third and eight. There's 2.15 to go. And what do you do there? It's third and eight. You have a first-year starter. He has 92 yards passing to that point in the game with two minutes, to, two minutes and 15 seconds left to go in the game. The greatest quarterback of all time had 92 yards passing. Pitch right to Antoine Smith. Uh, he does not get the first down. Now the Patriots punt the ball back to the Rams, and it's a it's a truly miserable punt by Ken Walter. I'm not going to defend Ken Walter. He was on the team for his holding ability, and thank God he was there for the hold. But, uh, Mike, you can't be feeling too good sitting in the Super Bowl. Two minutes to go. Uh, the Rams have the ball down seven. Yeah, and uh, they didn't have it for very long either. Um, nope. And <laughs> it was... That was like sitting down head in hands for sure. For me, I was, I'm a, like we've discussed, I'm a, I'm a wimp in, in big situations and I can't handle, I can't handle the heat. Um, okay. Cupcake. Yeah. So yeah, that, it, that was bad. Um, but you know, the, 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 the upside there is I still, I thought there, I thought that they, they were kind of in a tough spot, but I get, I'm less worried when, um, when you can't lose, <laughs> you know, when there, when there's no possibility of falling behind, I, I can handle it. I can handle, I can handle it. So that, that that's kind of where, I, where my head is at, right. Is okay. Well, they're not going to go down here they're, it's still tied. So that's, that's fine. Uh, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with that. You know, I, I had a feeling of dread, but it's manageable dread. Agreed. And, and to your point, as you said, Mike, uh, the Rams didn't have the ball very long. They got the ball 
with a minute 51 left. It took them three plays to score. They went 55 yards in three plays, punctuated by a 26-yard touchdown pass from Warner to Ricky Prohl, who would also catch a very the same exact touchdown in Super Bowl 38 when he was playing for the Panthers. Um, so the Wilkins kicks the extra point, the Rams kicker. Scartelli, the game is tied at 17. How tight are sphincters in mortgage-free Western Mass? Oh, you you couldn't uh, you couldn't fit an envelope uh, in, into there. It's, <laughs> if, the, if that's even if that's even a phrase, if that's even a saying. But oh, and oh my goodness, like I like I talked about in the four downs, the coverage on on pro oh. on that touchdown, it was. Oh, I, I, whatever. You're being whatever. kind, calling it coverage. It was like they were on roller skates. Yeah, <laughs> it <that's>... was. <laughs> it, no, no one. Oh, they they were. They were juked out of their, they were juked out of their jocks. And it was, uh, it was not a, not a good scene, not a good scene. But, and, you know, some people might think that uh, being, um, you know, the Patriots are going to get the, uh, get the ball. And depending on where they are, maybe, maybe they should play for overtime. Maybe I should mention that twice. <laughs> <laughs> so John, uh, John Madden famously said that he would have he would have taken a knee and played for overtime. Uh, what were you feeling in the moment? Uh, did you want them to go for it with a first year starter with 92 yards passing in the game to that point? You know, it's funny. They neither team had a timeout left, right? And Troy Brown returns the kick. They start inside their 20. They start at the 17. Correct. So it's like, you know, again with 20 years of hindsight and, and seeing the way they've operated their offense over this, you know, with Brady over the years it seems obvious that they would have gone for it, but back then that was a bold decision. And they started cautiously, you know, the check downs to Redmond and, you know, Redmond doesn't get out of bounds. Um, was it, was it on the first one? No, no, not on the first one. Third um, play. On the mm-hmm. third play, you know, it's, it's, you know, maybe they, maybe they aren't able, they don't have the time to, to, you know, get into field goal range, but it, they, they were, they were cautious, but they were bold. And, um, you know, the idea that they would just take a knee at that point, I, I think, does seem kind of foolish. The idea that, you know, he's going to go all full Bledsoe and, and chuck it is even more foolish. They did the smart thing, which is kind of what they've done for 20 years. It, it's like it's like um, it's like Madden didn't even see the snowball from uh, two weekends <laughs> previous. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, it did lead to this iconic moment. And I'm going to try not to do the clave and shake uh, as we go to the goat explaining what happened leading up to the final drive of Super Bowl 36. It's 17-17. Well, my first thing is I go up to Charlie and I say, what are we doing? And he says, we're going. So I said, all right, what's the first play? And Charlie says to me, as I'm sure Bill sent his here, he better take care of that ball. So Charlie yells at me. He says, hey, take care of that ball. And Drew was kind of standing next to me, and he kind of just shuffled in front of that, and he says, f*** that. Go out there and sling it. Well, thanks. Tom. Thank God Tom didn't take that advice on the first play of that series, Mike Unruh. When Leonard Little almost sacks, strip sacks Brady, I'm a thousand percent certain if Bledsoe had been under center there, the Rams score a touchdown, they win the Super Bowl on a, uh, a strip sack there. But uh, how do you yeah. feel about them going for it at that point? Well, almost being strip sacked by Leonard Little is better than almost driving home with Leonard Little. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Beat me to the, it. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> but um, no, it, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I was, I'm all in. I'm always all in on 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 going for it. Um, 
uh, in those situations, even prior to the the modernization of the passing game in the NFL. I, I always was kind of like, why don't you go for it in these situations? I, I, I yeah, I was. I, I thought it, there was no, you know, I, I don't want to go into overtime with that team. So it, I think it completely, completely made sense. But no, you're right. It was really uh, the, watching it now. Yeah, I didn't certainly didn't know it at the time, but seeing how close he comes to getting rid of that ball and he kind of has to uh, yep. T-Rex arm it there. And, uh, you know, but seeing those first couple of plays, you're like, okay. And then when they finally did, you know, they, they clocked it once. And then they got um, they got another one the the eleven yard one where he gets where where Redmond gets out of bounds, uh, gets his elbow out. Um, the key play in that drive leading yeah. up to the Brown reception, correct? Right. And then the the first down uh, and when the Rams finally uh, showed some pressure, Brady just that was that's where you can see Brady awareness. Like and let's live the fight. You know, let's just get rid of this ball. Get rid of it. They're yes. coming. They're he saw it pre snap. They're coming. Uh, you know, there's nothing there. Get rid of it. Let's let's just get out of this, right? So that that's that's Brady, right? I'm glad you mentioned that play because he rolled slightly right when the Rams sent pressure. I believe for the only time in that drive until the Wiggins catch, and I was I, I actually screamed at the television, "Don't throw the flag!" I was fearful <laughs> they're going to throw a flag for intentional grounding, but you can't throw the you can't throw the flag in 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 that situation uh, there, uh, and they didn't. So J.R. Redmond's the three greatest plays of his Patriot career uh, leading up to uh, the seminal moment of this drive. And uh, in a career full of great plays, this just might be the best one for Troy Brown. Stands in the pocket, steps up, fires down the field, caught! Troy Brown at the 40, he's to the left of the 37-yard line and goes out of bounds, stopping the clock at the Ram 36 with 21 seconds to go. 21 seconds to go, Scartelli. Now you got to believe it's a 54 yard field goal. It's indoors. Uh, you got to be feeling pretty good uh, right there. The, the next play uh, Brady hits Jermaine Wiggins on the right hash mark. Um, I remember when Brady spikes the ball with seven seconds to go, he catches the ball in his left hand. He kind of holds it there for a moment. And I remember thinking to myself, and again, you can choose to believe me or choose to believe them full of shit. I remember thinking, that cat's different, and holy fuck, the Patriots going to win the Super Bowl. Scartelli, uh, what were you feeling? I was feeling very much the same thing. They uh, put the graphic up saying that Adam Vinatieri hadn't missed a field goal in a dome, and I don't That's believe right. they were. I don't believe that was you know one of those uh, jinx sort of moments. I think that was just letting people know that hey, guess what? This guy's pretty good uh, kicking indoors. I suppose that could be why uh, <laughs> why they uh, poached him to uh, Indianapolis there at the end of his end of his uh, storied career. But again, we're going back to the uh, the snowball game. This guy is this guy's automatic. He's going to yeah. He's going to you know going to put it through the uprights. I think. John, you you're feeling kind of an out of body moment. Yeah, I said to my wife, you know she was in the kitchen like because we were entertaining and and um i'm like you got to come out and watch this you know the, we may never see this again right <laughs> and, and and you know she didn't like she missed the kick right this was pre-dvr <laughs> days right so we, she yeah. didn't give a shit and she still wouldn't give a shit yeah so it's like you know thank god the patriots won more so she could see the patriots win a super bowl because she missed the freaking vinatieri kick right so um but yeah no i was i i mean i was i was 
it was awesome. It's just awesome. Like we've been smiling nonstop on this pod and it's just such a great run of memories, this game alone. But um, yeah, it was like you said, that out of body experience kind of vibe of holy shit, they did it. They did it. You know, you know, for two, for the first two years of your son's life, uh, you would go around. My son does not know a world in which the Patriots are not Super Bowl champions. <laughs> I remember right. that very well. <laughs> yeah. Mike, what, right. what, Mike, what was it like in the dome? Um, I, I surprisingly, I don't have like a. I think I was just too like out of it to really like realize what was going on around me. But um, the fourth I just quarter remember, was just the fourth quarter was just gut punch emotion emotionally overwrought. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I was probably who knows how many beers deep at that point. So I was just kind of like numb, and and I remember a guy yelling though, kept yelling "Automatic Adam, Automatic Adam." <laughs> so that was good. So that's kind of where I was at, and that's and that's what I was thinking. And in I, I thought he was going to make it, but you know, you don't know. But yeah, it was, it was great, and you were just like, okay, this is it, and and I couldn't comprehend what would happen next. You know, I, I couldn't comprehend what would happen next. I, I love. And watching it back, I just I, I love everything about about how that was set up and Madden coming back and saying, you know, sometimes you say stupid things as announcers. Um, <laughs> and you know, Summerall, they they show the video of Vinatieri missing in, in they show the video of Vinatieri missing in um in warmups. Summerall talking about the 58, um, the 58 championship game. Um, and just uh it, it's perfect the way that the way that it's set up. It, it is. That's true. It's it's hard to believe that servers in New Orleans would overserve a patron, but uh, this is the world we're in at that point. So it, it sets up. Um, truly, we we can debate this all we want. For for my money, this is the greatest call in the history of New England sports. Ken Walter will hold. Lonnie Paxton will snap from the far hash mark, angle to the left for Adam Vinatieri, forty-eight yard field goal attempt. Set to go. Snap. Ball down. Kick up. Kick is on the way, and it is good! It's good! It's good! Adam Vinatieri booms a 48-yard field goal, and the game is over, and the Patriots are Super Bowl champions! The Patriots are Super Bowl champions! The best team in the National Football League! Always gets me at the end there is just, is obviously Gill's call is fantastic. The absolute joy in Gino Capaletti's laughing voice, just the joy coming out of that booth is something that the emotion is something I'll never forget. John, um, Mike from Holbrook watched that game with me. And to Mike and Root One's point about automatic Adam, automatic Adam, I, I looked at him as they were lining up the field goal and he mouthed one word to me. He didn't say it audibly, he just mouthed one word. He went, money. I remember that well. Uh, that, I mean, all time, all time, Mount Rushmore of a sports moment for me, John. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. One one quick hat tip to whoever was running the clock because when Vinatieri lined that up, seven seconds left. Yeah. Usually an NFL kick, four <laughs> seconds, maybe five. The fact that the clock the rule was different then. That, the rule was different then. They changed the rule after that game. Well, oh, really? Because of about yeah. that. seven seven seconds is uh, is you know it, it couldn't have ended more perfectly. If they, if they had to do another anticlimactic kickoff so Marshall Falk could catch the ball at the six again, uh, that would that just wouldn't have felt right. Well, Super Bowl thirty eight, Matt Chatham made the saving tackle after Vinatieri banged it down the middle. 
the thing that I remember about that, uh, one of the many things I remember about that field goal, Mike, on Route 1, is that the goalpost was two feet wide. It was right down the middle. It was going to be good if the goalposts were two feet wide. Arena football with. Yeah, right, right down the pike, as the guy said. Yeah, it was... It was dead uh, balls, balls on accurate. It was right down the middle. Christ almighty. It was, it was the perfect game for the perfect team for the moment. The perfect kit kick Scartelli. Um, your memories of the first, uh, your memories of that moment in the first Super Bowl title. It was just, uh, like you said, the joy and the, the joy in the uh, broadcast booth was, was what everyone in New England felt at that time. It was just amazing that for the first time, and it felt like forever for, you know, in half a generation, uh, you know, two thirds of a generation, the people in New England, their, their sports team was world champion. And there was no, no debating this fact. We were, you know, the region had, had, a, had a winner. And so we were going to all, you know, take our uh, AFC champion shirts off and uh, <laughs> wait a couple of days to go down to the uh, sports authority to get the championship gear. It was just sim- something that no one had done in uh, no one had done in 15 years. That's true. I did the, the next day going to get the Herald and the globe. <laughs> I have the Herald and the globe from there. You go. Scartelli wearing the super bowl 36 champions t-shirt. I have and hat and the hat hat and t-shirt game. Scartelli hat and t-shirt it was. <laughs> I uh, got the Herald and the Globe framed in my home office from that day. Uh, I mean, it, it really set off a, an era of new, in New England sports. Oh, geez, there's the uh, there's a panoramic pic of the uh, Superdome that I think is in uh, just about every New Englander's house. Yeah, in some <laughs> Seattleites' houses as well. Oh, oh, exactly. It it it, it sits uh, right next to the uh, I think the 04 Sox uh, pictures. <laughs> in the, you know, they they they. they, they Maybe there's some side eye between the, the uh, between the next to the yellow between the uh, on the mantle with the the uh, the urn of the ashes from the yellow labs named Bruski. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They're all gone. <laughs> yeah. Patriots twenty, Rams seventeen. The first of six Super Bowl titles for the Patriots. Uh, it's been fun. It's been fun recapping this one. Uh, we'll do some final thoughts, Mike and Route One. Do you have a final thought regarding Super Bowl thirty six? Yeah, I do, and it's uh, you know the. As the uh, as the great Bob Seger uh, asked, you know, uh, twenty years where'd they go? And, and in many ways, it feels like it was centuries ago because yeah. the, watching the game, it feels like it was. It's closer to the '80s, obviously, um, <laughs> in years, but also in in feel. Um, I think uh, you know the big the big shoulder pads. It was before the internet. Um, kind of wagged the 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 was the tail wagging the NFL dog. Right. Um, and the four, three aspect ratio, um, it, it does feel like it was a different time. Uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a track meet. Um, it it was physical football and, uh, you know, but, but at the same time, it it feels like it was 10 minutes ago because I remember every, everything about it and, and the way, the way it felt. So, you know, I, I kind of, in my mind, it, it divides things up uh, to kind of pre post nine 11, but it really is pre post nine 11 and also yeah. pre post, uh, you know, Patriots Super Bowl, And I can kind of do that in my mind. Like, Oh, what, when was this? Okay. That was prior to, to right. 2001. And that's just was the, um, is the, is the kind of the breaking the, where everything turned, I think in, in different ways. Um, but 
it will, I think, forever remain. And, um, you know, uh, given my feelings for the for the local, the local nine of the, the, the Red Sox now, um, you know, it doesn't really take away my feelings about 04 um, for the for the most part. But I think it's kind of like it, that, that was our first, you know, so that's why it will continue to hold um, that special place. And the best part about about uh, 2001 and, and, and about the Patriots dynasty to me is the dirty secret is, is that the winning the winning only once makes you want to win more and it yep. makes as a fan to experience that more. And, you know, without the without without the knowledge of the, of the last 20 years, the, the, it's just crazy because, you know, that that period between 04 and 14 was just like, are they going to do it again? Are they, they had to have that to be that that team with, with four to match four. And then right. you got to get five. You got to pass, you know, pass Montana, pass the Steelers. So the fact that that was the first one and it kind of was unvarnished. And, you know, if they had lost, it would have been terrible. Uh, it would have sucked. But um, you would have been OK with it. So it would have been just another one. And it wouldn't have been, but the, just everything else that came after that, certainly after 04, I think when it was like, okay, this is the, the dynasty preeminent dynasty of, of the century. Um, everything else just had higher and higher stakes with, with each game. And even after they kept winning, it was like, you, you just needed more for whatever reason, be it the flake gate or to, to beat yep. whoever, you know? So, um, you know, it, it, it was very much a, a win um, that came with no other strings attached. So that's why I think it'll always be hold that place. Was that Rams team the best of the nine opponents in the Brady Belichick era? Probably. I mean, they were the best, you know, the top, whatever. I think they were they a top four offense. A defense, number one offense there. by points, number seven four, defense. 70. Okay. Seven. All right. But yeah, they're pretty, they were pretty damn good. Um, they were, they were really good. Um, I don't, you know, they're, they were a, a great team and I'm glad that they derailed them. So yeah. Um, and I, I love the the you know Tom Brady overrated was that Dre Bly and uh, and yes. Cleon maybe over there on the sideline yeah. I think so yeah but it was uh, that was that was the best and it will you know it'll never be equaled Dre Bly and Dexter McLean showing the scouting skills of Greg Bedard there well done guys Scartelli uh, your final thought on the thirty six podcast oh this is just uh, complimenting uh, Mike on Route One but. Even if it if it had just been a, a one off like uh, like the Ravens had done the uh, season before, right? Or like the uh, Buccaneers would do the next season, and you know they they'd win another one, you know, 10, 20 years down the road, it still would have felt great. But you you're you're living your life, you know, in one direction sort of thing, and knowing that yeah. they you know come knowing that they you know have that one off year in 02, and then they you know really really just you know just run over the league the next two and you know win three out of the four super bowls during that period this was this was places we'd never been before you know we, we weren't around for when the uh celtics were dominating during the 50s and 60s and most of us were either you know very little when uh the bruins were uh the bruins were winning uh stanley cups in the uh 70s and so this was, and the, you know, the, the, the Celtics, uh, the Celtics doing what they did, that was great stuff too, but that was, you know, 20 years in the past. So this was, this was, uh, this was an absolute sea change for uh, sports fans in New England. And uh, we, we got used to it real quickly. 
Yeah, we, we certainly did, Scartella. That's a good point. Um, my final thought is more of a stream of consciousness kind of thing. It's And the word that comes to me is grateful. You know, I was born in New England. Uh, I was on this blue ball hurtling through space. I got to witness Larry Bird and see Tom Brady and the Patriots win six Super Bowl titles. I've lived long enough to see the Celtics beat the Lakers twice in the finals. Uh, you know, the Bruins winning a Stanley Cup and the Jacobs crime family getting to fill their, their, their coffers and the Red Sox beating the Yankees in the playoffs, not once, not twice, but three times eliminating the Yankees in the playoffs. And it, it honestly, it's, uh, it hasn't gotten better the first time, but it doesn't suck uh, either at the same time. Gentlemen, thank you very much for uh, this trip down memory lane. Uh, John is at that John Irons. Mike on Route 1 is at In This Town 1. Scartelli is the purveyor of the sports junk drawer at the 15net.com. It's a hat and t-shirt game for Scartelli. <laughs> He's at Patrick Scartell, uh, the 15net.com. My name is Mike Irons. Again, thank you for listening for, to Entitled Town 36. And it's not as always in signing off the podcast. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn on your DVD player and watch the highlight video of Super Bowl 36. Thanks for listening to Entitled Town, everybody. WBCN salutes the Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots. Brady drops back to throw, looks, fires left. Troy Brown across the 10. 15, up to the 20, up to the 24. And a first big, big, big. Warner makes the toss, rolls back to throw, being hit and being sacked from Warner goes back to throw, and here's the pledge by Mike Brable. The pass is Calling signals, toss sweep to Smith to the left, across the 15, across the 20, out to the 25. Back to throw is Warner on first and 10. Fires over the middle, it is caught, and Ricky Prolin dropped, and the Patriots recover it. Back at the 45. Coming to the left side, Antoine Smith trying to turn it wide. He does. First down. That's out of bounds. It's Kevin Poe. Brady drops back to throw. Looks. Fires right. Touchdown! Warner back to throw. Steps up in the pocket. He's hit inside. He steps up. The ball is battled around on his hand. Brady the handoff to Antoine Smith. Coming to the right across the 20. He's on his feet at the 25. At the 30. Cuts back inside. End around to David Patton from left to right. He's across the 30, 35. He's at the 40, 45. He's at the 50, the 45. He's to the 43 of the St. Louis Rams. David Patton. Back to throw is Warner. Fires it. Seven yard, a 37-yard field goal attempt coming for Adam Vinatieri. Snap ball down, kick is up on the way, and she's good. Back Warner back to throw. Stands in the pocket, now being rushed. Now he gets away, back to midfield. Now he's still being chased. He's hit. He's back, back at the 45-yard line. Four the Patriots were relentless. Fires down the field, caught. Troy Brown at the 40. He's to the left of the 37-yard line. It goes out of bounds, stopping the clock at the race. Direct snap to Tom. Looks. Fires over the middle. Caught by Jermaine Wiggins down to the 30-yard line of St. Louis. For Adam Vinatieri, 48-yard field goal attempt. Set to go. Snap ball down. Kick up. Kick is on the way. And it is good. It's good. It's good. Adam Vinatieri booms a 48-yard field goal. And the game is over. And the Patriots are Super Bowl 
congratulations to the Super Bowl champion New England Patriots from the flagship station of the WBCN Patriots Rock Radio Network, WBCN Boston.